This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. All right, folks, I am Dustin Gold, and you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv. TV. As many of you on the video side of the broadcast over at pain.tv see, I'm not sitting in my normal set. I don't have my regular software running my show, my flashy and fancy production going on over here because as some of you know, others do not, I am broadcasting from Poland for the next few weeks, but over the next couple of days, I'm doing a workaround trying to get this other piece of software I have um, up to speed and working correctly so that I can analyze videos and articles for you as I did in the first several podcasts at the Dustin Gold Standard. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of my experiences here in Poland before we get into an interview that I recorded last Monday, which aired on the Thomas Paine podcast as I filled in for Commander Mike Moore. It is an interview with Legal Man, who you could find on Twitter at US Law Review. That's at US Law Review, or on all the podcast platforms at The Quash, Q U A S H. If you like his content, you can get more over at Patreon. Just search for The Quash and you can get that content. I'm going to re air it here for the Sunday night, Monday morning broadcast. So, those of you who missed it, on the Thomas Paine podcast, you can listen because we get into some great topics that tie into the theme of this show, which is the technocracy. And then we talk about the history of our country. And Legal Man has great content. I've listened to every one of his podcasts. I'm a huge fan on the Constitution and the difference between the Constitution and the Articles of Confederation and how the Constitution either does not have the power to prevent the situation that we find ourselves in, or the Constitution was actually designed to end up putting us in the situation that we find ourselves in. Either way, it doesn't really matter because we are in this situation and the Constitution is not stopping it. But as Legal Man brings up the point that if the Constitution was designed to stop it and you truly believe that the Constitution was this document that protected our liberty and our freedom, then you have to also understand that that concept completely died during the Civil War. Because when Lincoln waged war on the South, who had already voted to leave the Union and start their own country, Lincoln went in there by force, killing men, women, and children to force them back into what we would call a voluntary union. And you cannot have a voluntary union by force. 
particularly by military force, at gunpoint with the threat of death. And so we get into that. We talk a little bit about Yuval Noah Harari and some of the players in the technocracy. It's a very wide-ranging interview. If you haven't listened, I recommend you do it. And we will be doing a lot more interviews here. And so, as I said, over the next few weeks, I'll be here in Poland. Next week, uh, or this week, because this will air Monday, I am going to begin reviewing a document for you called Industrial Society and Its Future that was written over 20 years ago by an author who predicted exactly the situation we find ourselves in in regards to this technocratic world that we are living in and moving further into every day. And so I really wanted to show this to you. Now, it is available in an audiobook form, I believe on YouTube. I don't know if it was ever published as an audiobook. It was not good. And so what I want to do is read it to you while I analyze it in relation to what's going on today so I can show you how this person who wrote it, that we will get into that during that series, um, really was able to see exactly where we are today over 20 years ago. Now, I owe you part four of the Elon Musk series, which is the part where we're going to get really into depth on Neuralink. So far, we broke down Elon Musk's history of his fork tongue bullshit, okay, where he claims to be warning about artificial intelligence while at the same time building it. We got into Dennis Bushnell, who is the NASA chief scientist for the last 40 years, who openly talks about brain chips and admitted to, in a 2018 speech, that there were over 200,000 humans with brain chips in their heads. He already calls all humans cyborgs, as does Elon Musk, and we showed that. We reviewed Elon Musk's interview with Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan Experience from 2018 and the interview from 2020 and really broke those down for you and tied that into what Ray Kurzweil talks about, which is this eternal quest for immortality. And so we broke that down for you as well. And in the last piece, we are going to go further into the Neuralink brain chip program and then show you the money men behind it, the venture capitalists, the venture firms and such. But I really need to get this sort of bridge software figured out because I have to show you about 35 different uh, Google articles that I have bookmarked uh, where we break down exactly who is behind Neuralink, and you need to see the connections to the CIA, you need to see the connections to venture firms that are involved in artificial intelligence, because they're trying to promote Neuralink at first as some kind of saving grace for people with injuries, disease, paralysis, and then they're also trying to push it towards the younger kids that how great would it be to have access to your iPhone right inside your own head and be able to play video games inside your own head. And so you need to be able to see that as well so you could warn your children and grandchildren as to the dangers of Neuralink that it's really not a good idea to hook your brain up to this artificial intelligence AI hive mind. And so I'm going to get that done this week as soon as I can get this software squared away uh, with the Young Bucks back at headquarters over at pain.tv. So we're going to figure that out. 
and then I'm going to get that out. But in the meantime, this content I'm going to do on the paper Industrial Society and its Future is going to be fantastic. And then we're also going to do a piece on a company called AI Foundation run by a guy named Lars Butler. And AI Foundation has been focusing on for the last five years what they call Mind Twins, which is very important because it ties right into Ray Kurzweil and Elon Musk discussing the ability to upload your consciousness to the cloud and then retrieve that consciousness and download it like a data packet into another biological or non-biological bodysuit, basically another version of your, your body that you see when you look in the mirror. And AI Foundation really pushes this concept of mind twins and focuses on uploading your consciousness to the cloud and being able to beam it down into your twin, which is an AI avatar of yourself or whatever you really want it to physically look like. And so we're going to do that as well. I can do that with this limited software that I have now. But I want to also say here in Poland, it's been great. My, my father and mother-in-law, fantastic hosts. I've been eating all kinds of amazing food. They have a smoker, big smoker right here on the property that my father-in-law built with a friend. And so they smoke these uh, hams and bacon. It's basically deli meat. We just had some smoked cheese that he did. Last night we had some smoked fish. So I went out with him to this fish market. The area that I'm in is very rural. It reminds me of the United States about 30, 40 years ago when, uh, when I was growing up. Uh, I drove around their car. It's a stick shift, uh, manual transmission, uh, not automatic. And so you go into uh, town, you buy fish from this market, and live fish that they scoop out of sort of this uh, chamber in the ground, like a hole in the ground. And then we brought it back here, and he cleaned it and chopped it up and salted it, and then he put it in his smoker. So it wasn't like a, a fish you would smoke uh, you know, for dinner, it was like a salted, dried smoked fish. It was a trout. In the U.S., you could usually get it at a deli or a Jewish deli or something, and it's like a white fish, but it was uh, phenomenal. And then this morning, we had a bunch of smoked hams and bacon that he did yesterday as well, along with some cheese. So we've been having some great food, and then we're about to head out to his brother's house, where we're going to stay tonight, and then tomorrow, we're going to go to his uncle's farm huge organic farm goes back uh, generations and i'm going to film there um, as well also i've been learning a little bit about making whiskey he distills whiskey that he uses as a barter item trades with neighbors and people like that for other things so it's really cool and then you know property here is actually really cheap if you made u.s money and were able to live here you would basically live like a king i went to the town delhi yesterday and i bought uh, cabanos or cabanose, uh, like these dried beef sticks uh, and beef and pork sticks. I love them. We get them from the Polish deli back in Maryland, but here they're nice and fresh. And so I got about ten of them, and they're they're about uh, I'd say sixteen inches, eighteen inches. And then I got two fat ones, and then a big hunk of this smoked ham, and it came out to the equivalent of eight dollars, you know, U.S. dollars which would have been about 30 to $35 at the Polish Deli back in Maryland. And then I picked up two six-packs of beer bottles for my brother-in-law and father-in-law, and it cost me a total of $7 U.S. It would have been probably about $12 per six-pack back in Maryland. So you can see 
uh, the difference in prices. I think the fresh fish, the trout, they were probably about you know, this big. Uh, I put some pictures up at pain.tv or at my Twitter at Hackable Animal or on my Facebook. Uh, just look up Dustin Gold, and I put pictures up there. But I think he picked up about eight fresh live fish, and it came out to the equivalent of about eight or nine U.S. dollars. So amazingly cheap because, I don't know, in the States that might have cost, um, oh, God, eight fish like eight live fish like that. I don't know, $10, $12 a piece or something. So almost $100. So, so far, that's pretty amazing. Also, I'm learning a little bit, you know, this is an interesting area because Poland was under fascist, you know, Nazi control. Then it was under Soviet control, under communism. And then, you know, shortly after that, my wife was about eight or nine when they did the deal to get out of communism. And then shortly after that, they joined the uh, EU, the European Union. So right back into big government again. But uh, some of the stuff I'm learning here is interesting. I mean, the taxes and the way it works here. You know, some people call it uh, fascism. Some call it communism. In the United States, we call it capitalism. At the end of the day, I don't believe anybody really has any freedom or liberty, frankly. You know, and any day, as Legal Man discusses in the interview you're about to hear, the government can get you anywhere, anytime it wants. And so this idea that in the United States we somehow have freedom is insanity, but, you know, we share the fact that we don't have freedom with all of these other places as well. So... As I said, I'm going to get back to the final piece of the Must series, and I'm going to roll out this series on industrial society and its future, as well as the standalone piece on the company AI Foundation. So in the meantime, uh, let me play this interview for you with Legal Man. I hope you enjoy it. If you already heard it, just you know, bow out. You don't need to leave a bad review on iTunes and say, I already heard this at the Thomas Paine podcast, because I know there's someone who left a bad review on iTunes. Not that I care, but they were mad at episode six because I poked fun at Trump. I said from the beginning, I am uh, post-politics. I don't love Trump. I don't love Biden. I hate everybody in politics and in government, to be honest with you. So... I'm going to make fun of everyone equally, and I will talk about the technocracy. I will talk about where we are going, what our future looks like, and how we are going to best navigate it. And in the meantime, I will poke fun at these people when I feel like it, because it is the only way to keep your sanity in this crazy world that we find ourselves in. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick commercial break and jump right into this interview with Legal Man. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. We made it through to the other side. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. And as you notice, I am not wearing my trademark gold sunglasses. I'm not going to wear them when I have to talk to a, talk to a guest here on the show. I know you guys have been waiting for this. Uh, you loved hearing him on Mike Moore's podcast on the Thomas Payne.tv network. 
This is Legal Man, and you guys need to check out his podcast on all the podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts, where most people listen to. That's called The Quash, Q-U-A-S-H, and you need to check him out at U.S. Law Review on Twitter. This guy is going to knock your socks off, and it's right up our alley because, like us, he's black-pilled to hell. I actually call him the cyanide pill. You have to understand the truth. You have to accept the truth if you want to make it out to the other side and be able to navigate the future that lies ahead for us. Ladies and gentlemen, Legal Man. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great, man. You you have the best Twitter account going, I think. <laughs> Unfortunately, you should be at about 5 million followers, but the way that Twitter works, you've been stuck at 50,000 since I've been following you for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, they, they don't let me move, that's for sure. They actually moved me down a lot. <laughs> that's absurd. That's <laughs> utterly preposterous. It's crazy. I, I lost like 12 big Twitter accounts from 2015 to now. And Mike Moore of uh, Pain.TV, he had like two mega accounts. I think one of them was half a million or more, and they took that wow. away from him. Interestingly enough, it was when Trump retweeted him one time. And then the next day he lost his account. It was a kiss of death. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You, you can't pull, if you, as soon as you start getting any kind of traction, you know, they, they want to stop that. That's all. Yeah. So before we get into uh, this video, this was a tweet that you sent out yesterday. And I think it's really important because my audience here knows we talk about the technocracy, the players behind it, this uh, crazy system, which we'll get into, that they're actually building around us, this prison planet. And you put out this tweet with the uh, high priest, the king philosopher of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab's right-hand man, Yuval Noah Harari, who is one of the most evil men on the planet. Uh, right here on the show, we do him all the time. He's like, you have no soul. You have no free will. You have no spirit. Welcome to the false industrial revolution, my hackable animal friends. And so you put this out and, and you get crazy comments on there from people that just, they don't want to believe it. Oh, he's, he's a pansy. He's this. I'd beat him up. I'll give him a wedgie. I mean, what do you, what do you think of that? I think it's not that surprising. Um, most people, they can't face how bad the situation is. So when you give them a, a absolutely crystal clear example like that, they revert back to that same kind of stuff of, well, you know, people are catching on and, and the great awakenings happening and you can just ignore them. And why don't you just, you know, check out and you know, that, all those same kind of things I get all the time with this idea that somehow you're going to be able to hide from it by uh, trading and bartering in some uh, community somewhere. It's not going to happen. To, that just, none of that's going to happen. But the people, they don't want to face that. Well, and the fact of the matter is, it's it's like here, I've kind of developed this concept, uh, like the gold pill, which is like you're fully black pilled. And then you're white pilled where you, where you know there's nothing you can do to stop this stuff. It's out of your control. And then white pilled is like, well, we have to go do something about it. And the gold pill is, we'll get off your ass and do something about it. So no one seems to really be like, I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to barter. Really? You're still living in your one bedroom apartment in the middle of a city somewhere. So what moves have you actually made to, to make that a reality? Right. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, my number one thing that I push is the jury trials. I, I still think that's, if people understood it, I doubt we're going to get enough people, but we don't need that many. If they understood how to use that power of jury nullification, um, they wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff because then they can't change the rules any longer. But eh, it's pretty unlikely people are going to catch Well, well yeah, and, and, and we'll get into that a little later because I think the jury nullification, and as you explain it in detail, I mean, in, in your podcast, is fantastic. The issue that I think we're facing right now is we have this sort of this bridge where we're moving from what Klaus Schwab would refer to as the third industrial era into the fourth industrial era. And so right now, the fact that we could utilize government and the court systems to be able to stop them from enforcing some of these policies and these edicts and these laws works right now. But once this moves into a full technocratic state, a full prison planet, then that's out the window too because they don't need to bring you to court anymore. Now they just shut your bank account off. Now they just turn off your cyber currency, the CBDC that they're going to give you, and you won't be able to go shopping in your own neighborhood. Right. I mean, that's it's all it's going to take. Literally, you just say something you shouldn't say, and all of a sudden you get noticed like a text comes through on your phone that just says, you know, X, Y, and Z has been limited, and now you can't do this and that. And if you do try to, they've got a tracking device of some sort on you and or they have automatically deducted out of your account and, and sanction you again. And it's, it's completely Kafkaesque insanity mixed with high tech. It's just, it's going to be bad. Oh, definitely. Let's, let's look at this video that you had uh, posted your tweet to. I just want to play it for our audience. And, and we played yeah. um, Yuval Clips uh, on this show, and I've analyzed them right alongside what Elon Musk has been talking about, what Ray Kurzweil, who is a chief engineer at Google and who's been working on this stuff for you know decades. Decades, yes. Yeah, and when you put the pieces together, uh, I mean, I've been diving deep, reading a lot of articles going into the past. I mean, people think Yuval and Elon and Ray – uh, Eric Schmidt, these guys are all separate. They're, not, they're actually all talking about the same exact plan, which is they are trying to develop this uh, AI hive mind neocortex. And it's like a third layer of your brain, of your neocortex that sits up in the cloud. And you're going to have Elon Musk Neuralink uh, chip, brain chip, this is the first iteration installed in your head. You upload your consciousness. So it's legal man up in this little lockbox. <laughs> and then you can jump bodies like Ray Kurzweil and even Musk. I've got videos of him talking about it where you will be able to have a new biological body. So your rotting body, you could throw it away or a non-biological nanoparticle body like a robot and literally beam your consciousness now. And then they're promising you it's going to be an AI hive mind of all of these brains, all these thoughts that you can beam in and be super intelligent. And Kurzweil, his ultimate goal is immortality. Like he's like, he takes all these drugs and intravenous drugs. He's like, if I could make it 10 more years, then uh, we could get to the step where I'll be immortal. I mean, this is truly what these crazy guys believe. Have wow. you, have you, I mean, you've dug deep. I could tell from your tweets and side comments, sidebar you make on your podcast. I mean, you've been studying this stuff for many years, right? <laughs> yeah, I've seen what they're doing. Um, I don't know how much I know about the technical stuff, but I know about their motives and their desires and whether they can pull it off or not. 
I don't know, but whatever it is they pull off, it's not going to be to bring all of humanity into it. That much I know. Uh, I know I won't be part of this. This things they talk about it, they sell it, and this these grandiose ideas that we're all going to be doing this. All it's not really all. There's going to be a few of them going to get to do it, and everybody else is going to get basically you know rejected and, and put into some kind of you know, crap body or or just nothing and just turn you off. They're not going to bring us all into it. That's. To me, that's the obvious part. If they were actually going to do all this stuff and it was actually going to be a choice for everybody to actually do all this super cool stuff and to be in a new box. Okay, well, then maybe I wouldn't think it was that bad, but I know that's not what they're going to do. And so what I hear them say when I read between the lines is that they're going to get to do all this stuff and we're either going to go away or we're going to get stuffed into a slave body and we're going to work in there. And if you're not just a prisoner, like I said, or just simply in some kind of torture chamber, it's the, they're not doing it for my benefit. Okay. They're not, that's it. They're not. Yeah. That's what I always tell the audience. I know that Yuval Harari does not love me. Okay. I know the government, <laughs> yeah. the people in the government do not love me. They don't wake no. up every day thinking about how to stop disease and COVID from killing me because they're great, wonderful humanitarians who wake up. And I like, <laughs> I tell the audience, if you know people that actually believe that Dr. Fauci wakes up every day thinking about how to cure you, then you are a narcissist because yeah. if you truly believe these people love you, and Elon right. Musk and Yuval Harari and these guys wake up every day to figure out how to give you immortality when they also claim that the world is overpopulated. So now they're going right. to have overpopulation infinity. <laughs> like, uh, how does that even make sense? I try to break things down into common sense like you do. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a simple matter. And that is that if I was in their position... Would I want to bring all of these mutant scooter people in with me to some <laughs> heavenly thing? No, I wouldn't. Now, I'm not evil, so I don't, I don't try to figure out how I can screw them over, but I don't care to participate with them either. So I understand that part of their thinking that the vast majority of people really are pretty useless in many ways, but they've been kind of made useless in a lot of ways by the stuff these other people have been doing, not really so much because they're innately bad people. And, uh, but I mean, hundred percent, if anyone who's thinking these people are actually give a crap about, I'd be surprised they even care about a lot of their own family. I mean, these people will literally do anything, anything to achieve their goals for themselves only. That's it. And anyone that comes along with them, uh, they only bring them along because they feel like they have to, they need to, no different than any other kind of crime kind of activity. You have to have other criminals around until you think you can double cross them and get away with it. And then you do. And that's the way they operate. Oh, a hundred percent. And I'm working on a show now that picks up what you were just talking about, because I love your podcast on the mutant people, uh, the after hours <laughs> podcast and anyone listening, you got to go to Apple podcasts or wherever you get podcasts and look up the quash. And you could also join legal man's Patreon and follow him on Twitter at us law review, because he explains the mutant people and what I've, as I've been dissecting all the plans, the mutant people are part of this. They have to create these mutant people. And he's talking about these people you see that are 
literally three, four times the body weight they're supposed to be with giant necks and like a belly hanging off their shoulder right. and they're walking around and Walmart one <laughs> eyes hanging out. And because right. that's part of the problem reaction solution. So they have to create the problem of these rotting bodies. They feed us garbage food, lab meat, all this nonsense, because then they can say, look, your body's rotting. You put the brain chip in your head and we could solve that for you the same way that this push for the uh, transgender movement is just a bridge to transhumanism because they have to erase gender and sex and even your your own dignity as a human. You have to hate yourself because you're a polluter, hate yourself because you're white, be a victim because you're black. They always have to make you hate humanity in order to bring you into this technocracy that they want to usher us into. That's a good point. So let's watch this uh, video real quick of Yuval Harari because this was a, this was actually a good uh, a good clip up that somebody did uh, here. Studying yeah, the past, his Israeli roots are of crucial importance to the formation of his view of the future. He's now using all of that knowledge to give us his vision for the future. <laughs> uh, with especially the rise of brain-computer interfaces and biometric sensors and so forth, it is very likely that within, say, 50 years, people will literally be part of a network. All the bodies, all the brains would be connected together to a network, and you won't be able to survive if you're disconnected from the net. And our audience is familiar. That's what Elon Musk calls the cybernetic collective and that we humans are just nodes on the net. Because your own body parts, your own immune system, perhaps depends on being constantly connected to the colony, to the network. The new powers that we are gaining now, especially the powers of biotechnology and artificial intelligence, are really going to transform us into gods. And I don't mean this as a kind of literary metaphor. I mean it in a in, 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 in literal sense that humans are acquiring divine abilities, especially the ability to create and to design life. Yeah, and that's what uh, Elon Musk and Ray Kurzweil calls, uh, and Dennis Bushnell, who's 40-year chief scientist at NASA, they call it the end of human evolution. This is the human evolution of humans, where humans will start actually uh, hacking and creating um, our own evolution. And so what, what I want to bring up, because I don't need to get to the end of this, but I want to just take this from your perspective as a lawyer who sits in front of judges. And so people in your audience and my audience, people that stumble upon us, they can laugh at him and they could say, yeah, the guy's weird, he's crazy, he's whatever. But as I said, he's influential and he wields power. The most powerful men on earth from CEOs and heads to state sit in a room and listen to this guy tell them that the humans have no soul, they have no spirit, they have no free will, and they are hackable animals. Now, if you're a lawyer in a courtroom, uh, you're representing a client, you're a defense attorney. This guy's facing 20 years in prison, right? You as a lawyer say you truly believe this guy's innocent. You're sitting in front of a judge who's a total loser scumbag. You've gone in front of him over the years, and your client's going, ah, oh, he's a loser. Who cares? He just looks like a weenie. I'll give him a wedgie. And you're saying, yeah, but this man can literally put you away for the rest of your life. Right. 